Hey there, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of Tricky Kid Radio. I am your host, as always, Roy Turner. Very excited for this week's show. Uh, it's all about girl power uh, this week, and every week as it should be. Uh, our special guest is from Motor Trends All Girls Garage. Uh, we've got Bogie Latiner. Uh, she is uh, the main uh, monkey wrench in, uh, in charge there, doing the, the main monkey business. Um she is awesome, and we had the best. She has just really tra- blazed this trail uh, for about equality uh, in the automotive trade uh, for women, as well as uh, just being a, a complete little advocate uh, and an activist. Uh, you know, that's a, that's a tough culture there that uh, has kind of historically kind of limited the opportunities for women. Uh, and Bogey uh, says, fuck that. Uh, you can do it. I'm doing it. You do it too. Check it out. Uh, lots been going on. I can't wait for you to hear uh, again from, from Bogey and uh, and about her, her own shop, the Girl Gang Garage. And again, once again, from uh, Motor Trend uh, Network's All Girls Garage, who just wrapped up their, their ninth season. So it's been going on for a while. So if you haven't tuned in, check it out. It's a great show. Bogey's awesome. The whole cast is badass. Um, and just in general, it's just a great thing to be able to see uh, you know, a powerful uh, female in, unfortunately, what has been, uh, I don't want to say traditionally, but just historically. Because... Uh, uh, you know, the whole idea is equality for all, and that means everybody, um, regardless of, of course, you know, gender and race and creed and, and background. Uh, also got some great music. I uh, can't wait to play some stuff from them. And then we're going to end the show with a brand new one from Taylor Momsen and The Pretty Reckless, uh, one of my all-time favorites. Um, wanted to fill you in on a few things going on with us. So, uh, speaking of girl power, uh, our little girl uh, came into the world uh, about a couple weeks ago, since the last time that we uh, uh, spoke on here. And so, uh, we want to welcome Danica Simone Turner, uh, my little girl, and uh, the first granddaughter, my uh, my poor mom. <laughs> uh, she loves all of her grandchildren, but uh, from 1982 uh, to 2000, and I guess, uh, what, I don't know, seven, what, 12 or how old is Jamin? Anyway, uh, it's been a long freaking time. Uh, she had nine, well, I guess with Miles in 2018, our little boy, she had all grandsons, nine of them. Uh, so now she has a granddaughter, uh, and we're very, very excited. So, and it's important to us as parents, uh, now, of course, as a little girl, to uh, see people like Bogey uh, out there uh, making it possible. Like, what if Danica grew up in, in 15, 20 years and she decided that, that she's not, the again, historically or traditionally the, the girly girl that she wants to get in the garage? And, you know, I would, I'd love, love for her to grow up um, watching people like Bogey that can show you that you can do whatever the hell you want to do. Uh, so I'm very, very proud uh, to have Bogey again on the show. And, uh, you know, golly, there's been so much going on. You know, we want the show to be, of course, a, uh, a respite, uh, an escape from all the insanity that's kind of going on right now. So I, don't, I do my best to avoid even mentioning or even saying the word, you know, corona, unless we're talking about beer. Um, uh, and then I would just make fun of it. But, um it's uh you know but i'm glad that things seem to start beginning going getting back a little bit normal again i don't know how safe that is i know that there's kind of a debate that uh people are kind of rushing things a bit 
I am actually happy to be able to get back into the gym starting tomorrow. And uh, want to thank our great sponsors, um, Blackstone Labs, who fuels uh, me and fuels this show. And uh, uh, it's a great, great uh, whey protein that I. It tastes like chocolate milk. It's awesome. They also make a great amino acid. Um, product that I've been using that's uh, great for a great boost before your workout, even after your workout. Uh, it's healthy. I don't do any of that, that energy drink shit. I'm not a red, never been a Red Bull person. I wouldn't clean my floor with that monster energy drink shit. Um, but uh, the Blackstone Labs uh, has been great. It makes my body feel great before and after my workout. And I work out at a place called The Rock Box. It's in here, right here, right outside of Dallas, in Texas here, uh, up north where we are up here in Frisco. Uh, and I know that they're going to, again, reopen uh, starting tomorrow, May 18th. Uh, again, I know there's going to be a little bit different than the last time I was there, different provisions in place and things like that. But uh, uh, glad to see that happening. Uh, you know, I don't know what you've been doing to entertain yourself during all this. I hope you've been listening to our show. And we have this great you know, vast archive. If you are just now getting turned on to us, I encourage you to uh, to check us out. Where's a little bit from everybody there? I always joke that the show would be more successful if it was about one thing for one audience. But uh, what fun is that, man? Um, so whatever you're into, uh, music, cosplay, movies, books, poetry, acting, whatever, whatever you're into, I've tried to find a little bit for. Uh, for everybody, uh, it's kind of an extension of what I'm interested in. So, so feel free uh, to check out our vast archive of episodes. We've everybody on from uh, Mixmaster Mike from the Beastie Boys to Naughty by Nature to Faye Dunaway to uh, Golly, you know, wrestlers, actors, the whole the whole thing. So anyway, um, I'll tell you what I've been doing. If you haven't seen it, uh, there is this in fucking incredible documentary. It's in a 10-part series. Uh, if I sound like I'm talking fast, it's not because I uh, am eager to get to to not be uh, chatting with you this week. I just can't wait to go see the last two episodes of this thing. There's a thing called The Last Dance. It's a 10-part series that's on, the, uh, on ESPN Network right now uh, about the... About Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls from the 90s, specifically the final season, 97-98, which, of course, was famously called The Last Dance. I don't care if you have no interest in basketball. This, in my opinion, is the best documentary I've ever seen. It succeeds where documentaries should succeed, where it captivates you regardless uh, of what you're into. Uh, you know, my wife really isn't into basketball, and she uh, agrees that... It's just done so well. It's also been a long time coming. I mean, they had an all-access uh, uh, pass and just to the Bulls in general over 20-plus years ago. And Jordan, for the longest time, for whatever reason, just was not having it. And about four years ago, he uh, finally, I guess, gave in. I, I don't know what... what I, love, I would love to know that story. If you know that story, hit me up on Twitter. I would love to know uh, what change uh jordan's mind but man we are all the better for it because the last dance again they show two episodes every sunday night tonight is sunday and it's uh over a five week span tonight is the fifth and final week so uh i wish there were 100 episodes it is so incredibly good um i've been digging on that uh one thing i, I gotta give a shout out to is my man charlie benante from the band anthrax 
if you are not on his Instagram, you're you're kind of missing out here. After you, you know, get off Netflix for a second and check this out. You know, Charlie's like in his fifties, like maybe even mid to late fifties, and I've never seen anybody young or old just challenge and push their own creativity. And that's the whole difference. No, no disrespect to anybody else, but you're not seeing, you know, I don't know, Lars from Metallica or or bored millionaires. Um, Sing and imagine, or whatever the hell they're doing. Um, Charlie is creating these incredible videos across every type of genre of music. He's uh, doing Tom Petty on guitar. He's reuniting the SOD, which, by the way, again, I've got my. Uh, if you should, tuned in last week, I talked about this last week as well. Uh, we played a, a great band from Dallas called Protest that I wanted you to you should check out as well. And uh, I've got, uh, they finally released an action figure for Sergeant D, and I'm all excited about it. But man, uh, I think this, they're doing a lot of Rush covers uh, with like Alex Skolnick, and they're all doing it separate. You know, they're doing the um, kind of social distancing thing, whatever, with some great editing. Um, but they're doing like, he did Billie Eilish to Chemical Brothers to, it's just awesome. So anyway, so that's what I've been kind of digging on. Again, hang in there, man. We're almost back to normal, hopefully, and I hope you're all staying safe out there. Uh, if you're still bored, you're sick of Netflix, uh, or even if you aren't, uh, check out our, our extensive archives. Uh, there's a little bit in there for everybody. Uh, make sure you subscribe, and don't forget to go to Tricky Kid TV. We have a lot of great uh, videos there. Uh, and for all of my King's X fans, you're not going to have to wait much longer. Our video project is coming up. There will be a launch of the website. Uh, coming on June 1st, as well as the teaser. So, and I put this at the very end because a lot of people tell me they say, "Oh, I listened," and blah blah blah. I go, "Oh yeah, well, what what new King's X news did you hear?" So you would have had to wait to the entire show to be able to have heard that. So, Momson in the pre-reckless with Death by Rock and Roll. Go just put death by rock and roll. John forgot what he was on, but he broke the needle, dead and gone. But in my tombstone, when I go, just put death by rock and roll.
protect by rock and roll. Oh, I wanna go. Sensible boxing gloves. Thank you for keeping us rocking. I can't wait to get back into the gym tomorrow. Uh, and you can, of course, you can find us. We are on iHeartRadio. Uh, we're on the SiriusXM app. We're, of course, on Pandora and Spotify. Uh, subscribe to us across all those platforms, including iTunes. Just type in Tricky Kid Radio or Tricky Kid Radio Podcast. Uh, and it'll come up. Of course, we're on Facebook under that title. We're under, I'm under uh, Instagram under as DJ Tricky Kid. And on Twitter under Tricky Kid and the number two. Uh, so once again, thanks for so much for, for tuning in and rocking out with us. Let's get Bogey Latiner uh, and the from Motor Trends All Girls Garage. Okay, cool. Well, there was a uh, there was a basketball player you might remember named Christian Leitner, and he spelled his his name the same way that you that you do. Yeah. Okay. We, uh, we looked into whether we were related, and we don't we don't appear to be. Uh, <laughs> you never know. There's not a lot of Latiners or Leitners out there, so you oh, never know. What, what is the heritage? Um, my understanding is is I'm an Eastern European mutt, so somewhere in Eastern Europe, and you know the lines there kind of were constantly changing over the. The centuries, so what was Hungary is now Yugoslavia is now right, like they kept changing. Right, Ukraine and so, all that, right. Right. Romanian, Hungarian, Ukrainian, I don't know, somewhere somewhere in that area <laughs> yeah. uh, is, is, is where my family family's from. Eastern European Jewish mutt. Got it, okay. That, that, that part of the world that we all like want to travel to, but for some reason it's like it's like ninth on the list as compared to like, you know, whatever's first or second, you know. Uh, well, it's funny, that's I actually lived in that part of the country for a year as an exchange student. Oh, that's where my name my, my name came from, yeah. Oh, okay. So I, I was gonna ask you, of course, so so bogey I'm assuming is a nickname. It is. Yes. Okay. So you do you do you share what your actual name is? I do, although it's funny, and I, I wish I 
kind of wish I hadn't because like now that I've shared my real name and people can find it online and people think they're being really cute and they refer to me as my real name like they know me oh right 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 it's funny because my my parents don't even call me by my real name but um my given name is Sarah but I have been bogey since I was 16 years old and now how did that happen so I was an exchange student when I was in high school. I have you heard of, the, of Rotary International? Oh, of course, yeah. The Rotary Club, right? So they have a international exchange program where students can go from one country to another country and um, spend a year there. So I applied for this program for my junior year of high school, and I was accepted. And they gave me like seven countries to choose from, and I chose Hungary. Because it was the weirdest. And <laughs> right. I thought it was like, I thought it was the least likely one for me to ever wind up visiting otherwise. Like, that was my logic as a 16 year old. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, good logic. Right? Except now I kind of wish I'd gone to Spain and learned Spanish or Japan and learned Japanese or like, you know, some language that's actually, you know, more usable in daily life. Yeah, right. But, but at the same time, it's like, if you're going to get a free flight, you want to go as far as you can. Right. Exactly, exactly. So I, um, yeah, I lived there for a year. I went to high school. My junior year of high school was in a city called Debrecen in Hungary. And I lived with three host families and learned to speak Hungarian fluently. And they gave me the nickname Bogey. And I have been Bogey ever since. Wow. So, so, but why that name? And what does it mean to them? So Bogey is a relatively common Hungarian name. And it's, uh, it's, like a type of bug or beetle, um, like a kishbogab is a is a little bug. <laughs> oh, okay. And so um, Volkswagen bugs were the car that got me started in cars in the first place, so that kind of fit. And then it's also kind of a shortened version of Boglarka, which is a type of flower. So, yeah, I don't know really. Like my little group of friends that I hung out with in Hungarian high school, we all had bug nicknames like my best friend's nickname was chiga which means snail okay <laughs> so that's fun yeah we were we were beetle and snail i don't know <laughs> we were 16 what do you want but you know I, but i'm glad that you mentioned uh because i was gonna segue i was gonna go well beetle of course is obviously a you know a, a very famous german car from volkswagen yes. and so, <laughs> and and then you know but you know one thing that i do know about cars and i'll share this with you here in a second is it is you know that car uh, that people that are in you have car people, but you also have people that are specifically Volkswagen people. Yeah, oh, yes, very much. So. And especially you know that whole kind of uh, culture within a culture there with that. Were were you a part of that to begin with, or currently now? Um, I am not now, and not for any particular reason other than life happens and gets busy. Right. However. Yeah, the air-cooled Volkswagen community is one of those, like, sub-communities within a community within a community. Yeah. And I was definitely all about that life. Like, I was all about Volkswagen bugs and buses and Gias and Westphalias and campers. Like, I, that was that was all me. I, I was the dreadlock little hippie kid. Right, right. And <laughs> I loved the Volkswagen bugs 100%. <laughs> so, so, what do you think, why does that go so hand-in-hand, hand, I wonder? What, being a dreadlock hippie and being into Volkswagen? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was it, I mean, were they marketed to, to, to that culture, or why did they, they be so drawn to that? Oh, gosh, that's a, that's a fab, fabulous question. I, 
I don't know why that became so synonymous. I mean, it was the right era, right? When they were, when the Volkswagen Bug was out, was you know during the the sixties right. when all the 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 bohemian and and hippie movement really kind of got its start, and they were an affordable car, and they were they were inexpensive to own, they were inexpensive to fix, they were compact, they were easy, they were different. I think than the norm, where everything right. was big and go fast. Volkswagens were little and slow and underpowered, <laughs> and that's and that's attractive as well, right? Because because they, they they don't want the norm. They don't want dad's car. They want this kind of arty looking weird thing. And you could also could, could make a claim that Volkswagen vans or whatever, the buses were kind of the precursor to like couch surfing, right? Because you right. could because you could or house tiny homes. <laughs> yeah, or, or yeah, any of the like people are doing conversions now. Like they've got the the big vans that they're doing conversions into super tiny cars on wheel, tiny tiny homes. On right, wheels. right. And it is. It was the precursor to that. You had a little stove. You had a little tiny refrigerator. The thing popped up, and yeah, it was. It was just a different. It was different. Yeah. And I was all about being different when I was a kid. Like Absolutely. I was, I was the please God, don't let me be normal. <laughs> <laughs> I will share this with you briefly. I. Um my background is in the music industry and I spent many, many years on the road, that kind of thing. And so I would see a lot of this and I, uh, one of the bands that I worked with for a long time uh, would fit right in with that with that fan base. I worked with a band outside of Philadelphia for many years called Ween. And, uh, and those fan base were into that. But my introduction to it was many, many, many years ago. I was about 15 years old. Very briefly, I was like my best friend was older than I. And he was in a rock band. And he is one of those Beatle guys, but n- but not the hippie thing. Like, I mean, he would he probably wouldn't even have known what that was in like 90, right. 91, right? Okay. But, but, but all he talked about was his bug. And he's a drummer. Who the hell is going to bring, you know, load a full set of drums into I love that. right into a Volkswagen bug but he was like so one night we're leaving, I was kind of his roadie he's like he was like 20 I'm like 15 we're leaving a gig one night very bad part of town in Fort Worth Texas late at night and suddenly like these two like what you're describing uh but I had no exposure to it at the time these kind of like you know, grifters or drifters, kind of people you would expect to be selling like jewelry at, like at a Grateful Dead concert just to <laughs> kind of make it to the next gig, right? Uh-huh. They're not like waving us down or like waving at us, period. They're literally assaulting the car. Like oh, they, no. they're like, oh my God. And they're like, like pounding on my passenger side. And I'm looking at him and I said, hit the gas, man. We've got to get the hell out of here. <laughs> He's like, no, man, roll down the window. And I said, roll down the window. Let's get the hell out of here. He said, no, you don't understand. They love my car. Because I didn't know. I mean, this is 1991. I was 15. I didn't know anything about any of this. So I rolled down the window. And this dreadlock hippie guy and his girlfriend stick their head in. They're like, oh, my God. Pulls his shirt off. And he has an entire back piece tattoo that is the Volkswagen logo. That was that was my crash course introduction oh into the underbelly that is the Volkswagen thing, and you were a part of this. Well, I don't know that I was that much of a part. <laughs> I was going to say, I, 
You know, what I love about Volkswagens, though, particularly the, the air-cooled Volkswagens, is that I feel like they really highlight the thing about car culture that so many people who aren't even necessarily car enthusiasts okay, right. relate to, is that everybody's got a story about them. Like, I don't care who you are, everybody either has owned a Volkswagen bug or bus or knew somebody who had a bug or bus or drove cross country or their crazy uncle Joe did or something like they have a story about a Volkswagen bug or a Volkswagen bus. And so I feel like they're a unifier. So people okay. across all sorts of walks of life can connect on this thing. And I feel like that's what cars kind of do in general, so yeah. even people who don't like, especially historic cars, right? Not necessarily modern cars, right? Um, but, um, but yeah, it's. Uh, I think you're right about that. I think you're right about that because think about it. If, if I mean, like, I gotta be honest, I'm not really. Um, you know, a car guy in the sense that I know how to, uh, you know, work on them. Or when somebody says, a, you know, a Mazda or a GT thing, whatever, I don't, I can't picture that in my mind. But if we right. were to do a kind of like a like a, a police lineup, and you ask me which one the bug is, boy, I could point that one out in a second. And that probably right. probably goes. <laughs> It probably goes for most people. So I, I yeah. like I like what you say about that in terms of it being a unifier because I think you're right about that. Yeah, and I think bugs and Volkswagen buses, like these the older Volkswagens in particular, I think they hold a very special place in a lot of people's hearts because even if they weren't into the culture or the whatever of it, they they were always an affordable vehicle and. So throughout the years, throughout the generations, even today, I feel like Volkswagen bugs are the gateway drug right. <laughs> into working on cars because they're, they're affordable, they break all the time, right? So if you're going to own one, you kind of have to learn how to work on one. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they're inexpensive to do it, and they're so easy. I mean, you can take the engine out of the car with four bolts and a skateboard, and, like, that's it, right? <laughs> 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 It doesn't take a lot of skill or a lot of talent, and that's that's how I got started, right? It was like, this is something that is easy and doable, and then once you realize it's not scary, you start doing more, and right. then you get the taste for it, and then you want to do more, and I know more mechanics who have become mechanics because of the Volkswagen bug than any other car out there. Wow. Yeah. Well, like, like you said, because like if you're going to own one... I've never worked on one of my own cars before, but like I said, but but I've also never owned a bug before. But if I did, I, but let, let me offer you this analogy, okay? If the bug is the gateway drug, I'll offer you a, a, a sushi uh, uh, hyperbole here. If it's the, a California roll, that's what I was gonna say. If the, <laughs> there you go, we're you and I are peas in a pot already. Yes, I'm, I'm with you. I'm the, right there with I you. Got 100%. It. That's, that's fantastic. So, okay. All right. I Somebody to catch this drift. That's all we've ever wanted, right? Uh, so, if if that's the California roll, what is the, I guess I would say, what is the uh, sashimi, uh, maki, raw thing uh to, like the things that still move when uh, they come to your play like uh, that kind of yeah, stuff yeah. what is the live octopus in the car oh world? my goodness my goodness um you know it depends on who you talk to right from a from a working on them perspective but what is it for you i guess i would say for me oh gosh i none of it scares me 
the way eating a live octopus would, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. However, there are things that, like, I don't want to do, right? Like, okay. nothing, nothing scares me. I am willing to tackle just about anything. However, I'd really rather not work on a sob. Okay. Because they annoy me. Okay. <laughs> but if you were teaching a class, though, what what cars would be in that master class that that you, you know you know what I mean? I mean, like like if you were maybe not for your own personal preference, but right. but if there yeah, was kind I of. I think it's modern cars because even when you talk to like the die-hard car guys who know the ins and outs of every detail and every spec and every model change of the classic vehicles or even up through the 70s, you ask them about CAN bus communication and diagnosing a modern Mercedes-Benz or BMW or whatever, they they don't necessarily know what that's about. And so I think they're, they're kind of two different species almost. There's older cars which are purely mechanical and then you start adding in a little bit of electronics and that is handleable and palatable but then you get into modern modern vehicles where you have that same mechanical base but it's also computer controls that literally our cars today most of them have more control modules than than the first space shuttle did my god wow and so it becomes a totally different species right because a technician today is a rocket scientist kind of literally whereas a technician 30 years ago it was a different game it was a whole different game so that's i would say just modern vehicles in general and then within that of modern vehicles is you get the higher end ones that a lot of a lot of Folks will say, like, ooh, you know, good good on you for working on BMWs. Those are nightmares. I don't even want to touch them. Right, right. right. They're even more complicated. The ones that are on the cutting edge of technology, BMW, Mercedes, um, Porsche, obviously the luxury cars, the Ferraris, and, and you know, all of that stuff, they're going to be more on the cutting edge of technology. Well, I'm assuming that you didn't start out as a rocket scientist, so how did you... <laughs> So right. So so, how did you? My mom would say I did. Oh, <laughs> that's wonderful. Well, well, we'll have to get her on later to verify that. But uh, but so how how have you been able to keep up with it then? It's challenging. If you're off the line working on cars for for even a short amount of time, the technology is so rapidly changing these days that it's really easy to get behind. Being a technician today is. It's constantly learning. Like, you're never done. You never arrive at master status. You are constantly maintaining and continuing to grow and continuing to learn as technology changes. And and you really, you have to, otherwise you get left in the dust pretty quickly. Um, I, like you said, I did not start out as a rocket scientist. I still don't think I am. Um, I started out on air-cooled Volkswagens, which were super easy breezy. And then I decided that I wanted to pursue a career in this and this was you know in the early 90s mid 90s when it wasn't nearly as accepted as it is today and definitely it was more accepted than it was in long before me but still not as accepted as it is today right and um i I was discouraged and people didn't want me there and they didn't want me to do it and i i had to push and kind of fight my way into the industry and so i knew that if i was going to get taken seriously and get a job and get opportunities 
I needed to get myself the best education I possibly could, and I needed to learn on the hardest vehicles I possibly could. So I actively pursued, I went to Universal Technical Institute to get my basic training, and then I pushed myself to get into the BMW program because everybody was like, oh, BMW is the hardest. BMW is so complicated and they're so hard. And my mindset was, if I can learn on that, then people have to take me seriously. Right, right, right. <laughs> that was my brain. That was my mindset. So, and it served me well because learn they are one of the most technologically advanced. So if you can learn on that, then everything else becomes easier. So, but you know what's, what's funny though is that, you know, it, how I want to approach this is is not in a delicate sense, but like one thing that I always I've always hated. I was raised by my mom, and I have four sisters, so I hate I hate the gender specific thing. Like I like I would yeah. never ever want you to feel like you're a good mechanic for a girl or a fe- right. do you know what I mean? <laughs> And I would right. never address you as anything other than just I'm talking to a mechanic. But however, at the same time, you know, if we don't address it, then we're also dismissing, you know, the fight that you have undertook and won. You know, it's kind of like a racial thing. It's almost kind of like what people always say, like, like to say, like, you know, that they, they like to sound so evolved when they say, oh, man, I, I, I don't see color. Well, if you don't, well, well, if you don't see color, then you have just completely negated the struggle. Everything, right. right. And I, if you can't see color, how did you know the light was red? Right. right. Like you can see color. It's what you do with that acknowledgement. That's of right. Something existing, right? And I, I 100%, I, I agree with you, and it is a, a, a challenge. My whole career, I have, I have fought for and struggled for just. I just wanted to be taken seriously as a technician. Like, I downplayed my gender. I downplayed my femininity. Like, I didn't want to be treated differently. It was a different time than it is now. Yeah. 100%. Um, but, yeah, it was it was a struggle because people saw that I was a woman first. And I wanted them to see me and take me seriously as a technician. And yet, at the same time, the reality is, is that my experience as a technician coming up and learning and building my career was very different than had I been a boy. Yeah. So that's but, a reality. But it, absolutely. And so that's why it's kind of like I would, again, would never be gender specific, but I will always honor and support and and for, and for prosperity reasons also document uh, what you've been through. And like you said, you're, you're, you don't, you always try to downplay it, but at the same time, even like the shows that you're on, I know that you didn't pick the title of, of, of these shows, but it's like, you know, like we know the guys from Iron Resurrection. We just had Shag Arrington on. Great yeah, guy, great. right? Okay. But Iron Resurrection isn't called All Boys Garage. But you see what I'm saying? But your show is called All Girls Garage. And then you have your shop, the Girl Gang Garage. So as much as, as you want to downplay it, only be seen as it, it's almost like there's this still, there's this thing that that causes uh, yeah. it to be, uh, you know, where, you know, I guess specific or even well, divisive. I think it's an interesting thing because I, for most of my career, downplayed it. I just wanted to be taken seriously as a technician. Right. And yet, as I got older and as social media and whatnot started to evolve and 
as we had ways of discovering that there were other people like us out there. Like my whole career, I grew up, there wasn't social media. I didn't know that there were other female mechanics out there. I was the only one I knew. And, and it's, it can be very isolating and it can be very, um, I, I don't. I don't know what the word to say is. It's. It, it just. It can be very lonely. It's very isolating, and you feel normal. You feel feel abnormal. You feel weird, and this odd duck. And then when you meet other women who are like you, it's validating. Yeah. It's oh wow! I'm not weird. I'm not bizarre. I'm not totally abnormal. There's other people like me. There are other women who like this, and that's incredibly validating. So I think. The reason, at least, why my shop is Girl Gang Garage, and and I think probably a little bit of the reason why All Girls Garage is what it is, is is to draw other women to that and to validate that and yeah. to say this is you are not an only, you're not alone. There's other people like you, and it's okay for you to like something that maybe people say you shouldn't. Yeah. Well, but you know, that, that's the line that I like to walk, though, with it. That's what I was saying, because it's kind of like yeah. if your show was simply called, you know, Bogey's Garage or, you know, Grease Monkey, whatever, then people <laughs> m- might just be kind of like, you know, oh, that's just another car show. Or let's say there's a female that's interested, maybe interested, or not even interested at all, but she sees something called All Girls Garage. Not only is that strategic, that's going to get somebody to watch that show that may not normally do it, but it's also going to be for you, for the the right audience. Correct. Yeah. And it, it, it has become a passion of mine. So while it started out that I, I really just wanted to be a good technician, and I still want that, and I still am proud of that, my career passion has really become about empowering other women who are already in the trades. Yeah. And... And validating them and supporting them and shining a light on them and showing the world like, oh my gosh, there's lots of there's lots of us out here and we're rocking it and yeah. but um, but also I want a little girl generations from now googling the word mechanic and seeing images of both men and women working professionally doing this job and not have it be a gendered thing. Yeah. So the more <clears throat> The more visibility, the more we can ha- see faces of women working successfully, professionally in this industry, the better. And and all of across industries. And I think it goes that the same for for men in traditionally quote unquote female jobs as well. Like the yeah. more we can show and share those stories, the the better. And that's really become my passion. Well, you know, here's something else where I tip my hat to you, Bogey, as well, is because, like you said, no no disrespect to anybody else, but let's say, you know, your male counterpart that would do, it's just like you, that just wants this interested in cars and has a passion for it and is good at it as a drive, doesn't maybe perhaps in the past had to work as hard as you, which in turn also makes you a, a better technician. But at the same time, what if it's just some good old boy that just likes to work on cars and has his own little shop? He doesn't want to have to take on now the role of this social ambassador for the advancement of us. You know, 
let's say, you know, it takes a certain type to be, you know, the leader of some type of, of movement into either to take on that role or have that role thrust upon them. And the reason why I, you know, that's important to me even now more so, because if you remember, Bogey, when you and I were supposed to talk last week and we had to postpone because me and my wife were on our way to the hospital to deliver our little girl. I was going to ask you about that. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you so much. Danica Simone Turner was born last Thursday. And if she's interested in cars growing up, I want her to be able to, like you said, Google car stuff and see you or see women, females, and girls and go, oh, I could do that. And then wouldn't that be something if I were to go, you know, I talked to that girl 15 years ago. She was awesome. Check this out. So if this, if at the very least, if today can be not only a fun chat between you and I and you and I, uh, you know, becoming new friends and all that. But at the same time, if this could at the very least be a time capsule for my little girl downstairs, I, I, can't, I, tell, I can't tell you how grateful I am to you uh, for, for kind of leading the charge with that. Well, thank you. That makes my heart incredible. That's what I do it for at at this point, really. I I do it for that next generation, and I do it because if you can see it, you can be it. Right. And if we don't have images out there, if people don't see that it's possible, then then you don't necessarily believe that it's possible. So there's there's power in that. Absolutely. I didn't necessarily seek it out, but... um, I'm, I'm grateful to be on this path and it's things like what you just said and getting messages from dads and grandpas and uh, moms even talking about their little girls now expressing interest in mechanical stuff like that's the stuff that keeps me going and keeps me doing what I do. Well, yeah, and like I said, you didn't ask for it, but you didn't shake it off. You owned it and and, and thrived, uh, not, not uh, in spite of it or even because of it. You just thrived and I, and I think I think that's what makes it so genuine you know I really appreciate that we're gonna take a quick beat here and we're gonna get into actually how uh, all girls garage uh, started and how it became uh, you guys are entering it looks like your ninth season now which is in, which is nuts on uh, can be seen on motor trend uh, also on the motor trend app uh, with lots of other great great programming so I'm here with my friend Roy. He is talking all things pieces of me. This is Tiffany here. Always, always tune in to Tricky Kid Radio with Roy Turner. Hey, if you just joined us, hey, we're talking to Bogey. Uh, she's part of the Girl Gang Garage and part of uh, Motor Trends, uh, All Girls Garage, just now entering uh, their ninth freaking season, man. Uh, how cool is that? So, Bogey, t- Tell me, so, you know, you went from, like, like you said, uh, going up into the ranks, taking on all the hard projects, becoming passionate, to now elevating that to having a show of your own. So walk me through all of that. Walk, walk me through you not having a show or, or at all and then how you got approached or how you pitched. Yeah, so the show thing was crazy. I didn't necessarily seek out being on television they, we, like you said, we're in our ninth season, and nine years ago, I was 
a full-time technician and auto repair shop owner. I had about three years prior quit my dealership job and started my own repair shop. I had a couple of people working with me and it was a, a small but growing busy shop and I was doing the thing that a lot of small business owners do, right? I was running around like a chicken with my head cut off yeah. and <laughs> trying to keep up with this business that was like a toddler that I was just trying to keep up with, right? And and I was just doing my thing, just turning wrenches, trying to figure out how to become a business owner, trying to figure out how to run a shop and, and do all of the things. And this production company calls me out of the blue and they've got this pitch for this show and it's already been approved by the network and they want me to come out and audition for it. And I'm like, eh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be honest, I had been approached by a number of production companies prior to that and most of them were looking for the drama, right? Like right. they wanted we're going to put a bunch of girls and they're going to live in a house together and then they're going to open up their own shop. And I'm like, you want cat fights and pillow fights and I'm not going to do that. This is everything so, you're trying to, to, to exactly, not do. Right. Exactly. Like it is hard enough for a woman in this industry. I do not need to make it any more challenging. So yeah. <laughs> and it's somebody will be a fucking drag too. <laughs> right, totally. So when they called me, I was kind of jaded on the whole thing. Like I had, I had actually even spoken with a production company about doing a show at my shop, and the producer actually said to me, "He goes, we love you, we love your shop, we love your customers. You're just not enough of a which with the letter B. I'm not allowed. Mm -hmm. to, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. You can say whatever you want on this show. Okay. Yeah. Okay. They said you're okay. just not enough of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> is it, and I was like, isn't wow, that funny? If that's what it takes to be on TV. Then I don't want to. That's like right. this was, you know, this was a number of years ago when that was more the thing. It was the wrench throwing and the craziness and right. I was like, not about that life. And so when when my product, my current production company reached out to me, I was like, mm -mm, no thanks. Yeah. She's like, no, 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 it's not drama, it's education, it is really DIY and helping people understand their vehicles, and it's really about sharing the passion, sharing the love, and it's none of that craziness, so please like, just check out some of our other shows and, and see what you think. And I did, and I was impressed that it was really no drama, and it was about education, and they yeah. flew, me, flew me out for an audition, and the rest is history, and here we are, nine years later. <laughs> so, so you're in Phoenix. That's where your shop is, right? And yes, it's Arizona. And so, and they do they film in, in Austin, Texas? Is where they were they filmed the show? No, we film in Florida. Oh, okay. We're in Florida. Yeah, uh, right outside of Tampa. That's right. That's right. Okay. You know what? I knew that already. And I was, I've got, I've got Iron Resurrection on the brain because we just had Shag on. So, right. I, I, and I'm also, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm in Texas right now. So I, uh, well, you know, so, but why and how? Uh, you, you say you were approached by multiple. Uh, you know, you know, most people aren't fielding you know, multiple offers to be on, on TV. <laughs> how does that happen? How does, so how did you get on the radar? Well, when you think about it, this was pre-Instagram. This was very early stages of Facebook. There weren't a lot, and if Facebook was even around, gosh, I don't even know. I've got to think about that. But yeah. it, it was, it was around. It was, but it was early stages. And so it wasn't as easy to just, see what was out there as far as the number of female technicians and and women operating in the automotive space and i had been very fortunate in that i had a couple of 
small articles written about me and my shop in Phoenix, and one of them had hit some a national news station, and I wound up doing a segment on CBS uh, Evening News with Steve Hartman. Okay, okay. And so I think that kind of put me in the hopper. Right, <laughs> so <speak>. okay, yeah. <laughs> and I think at that time, when you Googled female mechanic, I was, I was one of the names that came up repeatedly. And so I would... Anytime a production company had the idea of like, oh, let's do a car show, but let's do it different. We're going to do it with girls. Yeah. <laughs> right. I would get the phone call because I was the only one that, that you would find or one of a very, very small handful. Nowadays, of course, you see tons. There's t- the, you, you get on Instagram or Facebook or Google and you can put in female technician or female mechanic and you can find there's just a ton of women out there. Which is great. What, that well, it totally, and they existed before. We just didn't know about them, right? Right. We didn't have these platforms, and and yes, I think the numbers are going up. There are way more women going into these fields now than there were ten years ago or well, twenty got, years ago, certainly. Well, I got to be honest. I I, I do get a, a special uh, little little pleasure out of the fact that is that some you know clueless you know production studio is trying to get you to be one of these like. You know those shows, I, I call them women who throw wine at each other shows, but instead okay. of but instead of wine, it, it could be a fucking wrench, which could kind of hurt, right? You know, but that is just so degrading and so insulting to think that they're going to think that you're going to be like, you know, I've won the lottery. I got to be honest, I can't tell, I, I want you to walk me through the rejection process of you rejecting them because I I love that them going wait they, they, I, I would imagine that they couldn't picture you turning this down <laughs> the, well the ones that I turned down there, there was one in particular that I remember this was it was a a, a little no-name production company, but they had hooked up with this woman who claimed to have some sort of royalty. I don't remember, like, the details, but basically, like, she had no experience as a technician, but she wanted to become a technician, and she was going to open up a shop, and she wanted all, they wanted all of us to come and live in a house together, and she was going to open the shop. Oh, God. And we were going to work for her. And meanwhile, I was running a shop. Yeah. That was all... That was all female employees. Like, I was doing already the thing that they were pitching. And I just, I said, I said, I have a thought. Like, what do you guys think about, like, coming and filming my shop that is already an all-female shop? And they go, we thought that that might be how you'd think about this, which is why we want you on the show. We think it would create some good drama. Oh. <laughs> and I go, that's not what I'm interested in. Drama's not what I'm here for, but thanks, Thanks anyway. <laughs> but it's goes to show you that, that you know what like Don Henley said, crap is king. It's like it's like that it's like if you want to be on TV, you have to be a wine thrower, you know? Like it's just bullshit, you know? And I'm so glad to see that a non wine thrower uh <laughs> truly here to educate uh, and you know, but here's something else that's interesting too. Uh, we mentioned about how certain things that no matter how you want to be the same as your male counterparts, but for example, uh, you make it as a r- rule, or does your the show make it as a rule? Meaning, I guess the producers that you only hire females. So the TV show is is all, all female. That's based on the production company. That is. 
that's the deal. It's an all-female show, so we have, and we don't necessarily, don't necessarily hire people there. It's just myself and my co-host. We had two co, we had three people all told before. Now we're down to just two, okay. and we're going to keep it that way for a little while. But it's just the hosts, right? We don't have a bunch of rotating people coming in. Um, we will have guests periodically, but that's going to stay all female, and that is definitely the production company's deal and and i support that the right. show is all about highlighting women well again and it's called all girls garage <laughs> right exactly yeah we weird to have a, a dude there um my repair shop so i've had two shops i have my current shop girl gang garage and that is an entirely female volunteer space and it is designed exclusively to bring together women in the trades and encourage more women to explore the trades and learn from one another. So it's really a community and a space for learning and teaching okay. and collaboration. However, my old shop, the one that I was running when the production company approached me, I ran that for 13 years, and that was a general repair shop. And that one, I predominantly hired women, but it wasn't a requirement. I had men who worked with, with us. I just, it was part of my commitment that I knew how hard it was for me as a woman getting my first job. Right. I had so many people laugh me out of the shop and and just flat out tell me they would never hire a girl. That it was part of my commitment in owning a shop that I was going to create opportunities for other female technicians. And so I... I always had an apprenticeship position open for a young woman. I wanted to seek out women to give them opportunities. That's right. That you know, because like you just said, you know, they they are actually not hiring you specifically, not based upon your ability. Because because if they were to do that, you'd be hired on the spot. I mean, obviously, like I said, you've got you've got the goods. But do you think it's because? the environment like i mean do you think it's because they want to still be able to talk all raw about chicks and shit or whatever or, you know and <laughs> what they so- don't know is how crude women are and we can be way worse let me tell you <laughs> well i do want you to tell me and that, that was my next thing is that is instead of like what do they think that the all girls garage you guys are talking about baking cookies i bet you guys are just <laughs> as fucking filthy you've worked in both so you tell me Oh, I'm horrible. I'm one of the worst. I learned, I think I learned it as a little bit of a defense mechanism, though, working in shops. I learned that if I embarrass the hell out of you first, then there's nothing you could say that would embarrass me. <laughs> so if I, when I started a new job, I was like, I was the crudest, lewdest, like, <laughs> I'd make you blush. And then, and I think there's a little bit of, like, testing. Anytime I started a new job, the guys I would work with were like, let's see how far we can go before she gets offended. Mm-hmm. And so it became a game for them. And if I ruined this game by offending them first, then it then it wasn't fun anymore. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think there's a lot of reasons why there's a hesitation, and it's probably changed over the years. I do a lot of shop management coaching now. I work with shop small business owners and shop owners, and um, I I hear their fears around hiring women. And I think there's a couple of different fears. One is, you know, it's it's a novelty thing. Like they've right. just never heard of a female mechanic, and they didn't know that that was possible. And could she really be as skilled as a man? Is it really possible? So there's that piece. There's just the innocent naivete kind of perspective, and they're the easy ones because you can show them that women are just as capable, and then they get over it. 
yeah. and then there's the they women they might be a distraction in the shop my my guys won't be able to get any work done because there's a girl there my answer to that is gosh that's really insulting to your male technicians yeah like that they're not <laughs> capable of working around women like Men and women work together in other fields. You know that, right? Yeah. <laughs> and work gets done. Yeah. So I think that's really horribly insulting to male technicians to say that they can't handle having a female employee. Um, they're afraid of lawsuits. They're afraid of this. They're afraid of that. And, and, and yeah, I, like I understand some of their fears. However, at, at the end of the day, I think, like you said before, most women in this industry like, we want to be here. Yeah. We want to work on cars. We've worked hard to get here. Like, we just want to be taken seriously. We just want to be given an opportunity to work on cars in a safe environment where we can learn and we can grow and we can contribute and we can be part of a team. And that's all we want. Like, we're not here to make trouble. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> but, but do you think that there is still, even within, like you said, I'm so happy to see people like you and and forwarding this acceptance and making it the new norm and all those wonderful things, but do you think that there's still somewhat of a stereotype within that? Like, when you hear now that a, there's a female mechanic, what is there an automatic assumption about that person? I think there's a number of different automatic assumptions that lots of different people have, and it really depends on who you are and where you are. It's changed over the years. I I think there are still assumptions. There are still a lot of folks who just flat out don't believe that I'm actually a technician. Um, If I got a, a quarter for every time somebody comes up to me at a car show and grabs my hands to inspect them and says, do you really work on cars? God, I would be a wealthy woman. So, <laughs> guys don't have to deal with that shit. It's and golly, right? So I just smile and I look at them and I go, "I got to ask you a question. Would you ever do that to a guy?" Yeah, and and most of them like realize most people because most for most people I think it is that innocent naivete like oh I've just never met a female mechanic so this is weird this is different this yeah. is unusual it's a curiosity. On the flip side, I still think there's there are folks who vehemently are opposed to it, don't think women belong in this field, shouldn't be here. I, I had an old shop foreman who was like that. Like he point like slamming fists on the table, red in the face, spitting while he talked, yelling at me, telling me that I don't belong there and he doesn't understand why I want to be a man. So, so that that kind of extends beyond. We're no longer talking about mechanics at that point. We're talking about the fact that he doesn't like the idea of the progression right. of culture, you know. Which could right. then, obviously, there could be some latent homophobia there as well because he could be certain, right. making certain suggestions. So, it, right? But, I'm like, I don't want to be a man. I want to be a mechanic. Damn it. Yes. And, and then there's the other end of the spectrum. The other stereotype. There's the like. Ooh, that's hot. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Right? <laughs> like, that stereotype. That's another interesting one. Do they want to sexualize it? They want to sexualize it. And that also takes away from, like, being respected for what I do. Right. When it becomes a sexual thing. Like, I'm not doing this to be cute. <laughs> it's just so weird how they, it just can't, they just can't let it fucking be what it is, right? <laughs> But right. 
Is there? Oh, if the girl who works on cars, damn it! Like I would love the day when I'm not a female mechanic. I'm just a mechanic. You're a mechanic, right? Exactly. But or a technician, I should say. But is there? But do you also kind of get it also from maybe even the female aspect? Like, like, like. Let's be honest. Is there a stereotype that they think that if you are working on cars, that you must be, you know, a tomboy or a lesbian or? Butch or just so- I think that one's changing a little bit. I definitely got that when I was younger. When I was first coming up, that was definitely the assumption. Oh, you work on cars. Oh, you ride a motorcycle. You must be a lesbian. You must be a man hater. Right. There was that whole assumption. I feel like that one's changed a little bit. And I think social media has been a part of that piece changing because you can see that there's lots of women in the trades who who are a full array of, of expression of femininity, right? They're right. anywhere on the spectrum. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so I think that one's starting to fade a little bit. Okay. But it still exists, for sure. But do people automatically make those assumptions about you? They used to. But not anymore, I, as much. Yeah, not so much anymore. I, I think A, society's changed a little bit, and also I will say that when I was young, and I was I was one of seven women amongst 3,000 men at my technical school. Golly. I Bless almost you. intentionally, <clears throat> excuse me, I almost intentionally egged on the idea that I might be a lesbian. <laughs> right. Like, because it, cause then they left me alone. Yeah. Right? <laughs> because then I could focus on school and I could focus on doing the task at hand and not worry about guys trying to flirt with me. So I almost egged that on, I think, being honest with myself. Right. I had really short hair. I rode a motorcycle. I wore wife beaters and, and you know, ass-kicking boots. And I, <laughs> I, like, walked around with that New Yorker don't F with me face. Right. <laughs> I, I had stuff to do. I was on a mission. I yeah. proved. I think our world has gotten a little bit more accepting now of women doing this. Like, I'm I'm almost jealous. I, I remember one of my female technicians who worked for me at my shop. She would come into work. She'd put on her uniform. She'd kick ass all day long. And then she'd go into the locker room and get changed into, like, a cute little outfit and put on some makeup and then go out with her boyfriend for a date. And I was like, God, that's awesome yeah (laughs) it can be done like that for me when i was coming up it wasn't as much of an opportunity and i don't i don't think it was an option for me well things have changed well you're now moving on to the end of the ninth season and you mentioned earlier that you guys were a a trio and now you're down to two so i was gonna i was gonna ask so uh the departure of christy lee what what what's going on there so, Christy Lee, gosh, we worked together for eight years and absolutely love the woman. We've become very close over the years. And she's just an amazing go-getter and she's doing 9,000 things at once. I thought I was busy and I thought I was doing 9,000 things at a time. Right. She makes me look like a slacker. <laughs> <laughs> and it just, it got to the point where she had to be realistic with herself. And she did a big post on this on social media, and so I'm not sharing anything that she hasn't already shared with everybody. Got it, okay. Um, that it, she needed to make some hard choices and, and choose and choose herself, right? And I think we all 
can can learn from that a little bit. And I think we're all learning that a little bit during this pandemic is like, we got to take care of ourselves and our health and our, um, our time. So she made some difficult choices and decided to move on from All Girls Garage and narrow down the number of projects she was doing. And she's got some other stuff in the works and she's, she's always got a gazillion things going on. But I applaud her for, for saying, no, I got to take care of me. And it wasn't, it wasn't personal. She doesn't hate us. We didn't have a big fight. There was no drama. Like, sorry, guys. There's right. no drama. So, 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 so she wasn't asking for, like, a, a shit ton of money to, to continue? Right. No. Like, she wasn't fired in a big bl- fiery blaze of glory. No, it wasn't any of that. She wanted her own dressing room, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. I only want green M&M's. Oh, right, right. Hey, a good Van Halen reference there. That we... we <laughs> We do that a lot. No brown M and M's on, on on the set of All Girls Garage. Exactly, exactly. That is that is wonderful. So, so you and Faye Hadley is that I'm saying her name right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you guys are carrying on. You're both ASC certified mechanics, obviously car enthusiasts, and freaking dedicated problem solvers. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love working with Faye. I met her through my first all female build that I ran, and she has has just kind of grown enormously as a technician as a business owner as as an individual since i first met her and it's been really fun to watch watch her kind of evolve and come out of her shell and now to be working with her on set is just fantastic and just such a pleasure uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Well, tell our listeners where they can watch this if they haven't, if they're completely unfamiliar with it. If you're interested now because you've heard it on the show or you've heard your friends talking about it, uh, again, Bogey, tell our listeners where they can see All Girls Garage. Yes, absolutely. So you can see All Girls Garage every Saturday morning on the Motor Trend Network. And if you download the Motor Trend app, they have a special right now. It's only a dollar a month. So $12 for the whole year, and you get access to all of their shows whenever you want. So you could watch all nine seasons of All Girls Garage in a binge-watching session with some popcorn while you're stuck at home. Right. Well, we're all under house arrest. Why not? Uh... <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So Motor Trend app or Motor Trend TV, either are, are good options. And then, of course, on social media, under All Girls Garage on Instagram and on Facebook. And then you can find me on at my shop and maybe look into if you're interested in participating in an all-female build or taking a workshop, trying your hand at welding or mechanical work or fabrication or painting or body work, all of that good stuff. You can check us out at girlganggarage.com or girlganggarage on any of the social media channels. And you got you, got, you have a great YouTube channel as well. I was checking that out earlier. Oh, thank you. It's uh, it's floundering because I don't put any time into it as much as I should. Because it's a lot of work. We have we have we have the we have the the video counterpart to this whenever we're able to film, like I said, in person, uh, called Tricky Kid TV. And holy cow, people go, why are there hundreds of episodes of Tricky Kid Radio and only like two dozen Tricky Kid TVs? Uh, because it is a lot of fucking work. That's why. Because editing. Oh, editing. God, yeah. it's the worst. It's the absolute worst. <laughs> Well, Bogey, I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed this. I love the show. I love what you're Thank doing. You. And, I really appreciate that. And again, now as a father of a six-day-old girl uh, <laughs> who may one day want want to do this, um, it's such a 
comfort and so inspiring to see somebody out there willing to take on these roles to kind of you know to pave that that sort of way to kind of blaze that trail uh and bless you for it uh here's to nine more seasons or 900 or whatever it is that you want to do um again is there anything else you'd like for our listeners to know about you about girl gang garage about all girls garage anything else that we missed out on today Oh my goodness! Um, I, we covered so much. Uh, I would just say I'm I'm really easily accessible. I love chatting with my fans and talking with people. So please find me on social media. My personal pages are Bogies Garage on Facebook and Instagram. So Bogies Garage, B O G I apostrophe S Garage, um, or I guess there's no apostrophe, but <laughs> in, in the handles. So B O G I S Garage. Bogey's Garage on Instagram and on Facebook and shoot me a message interact um, every Wednesday night uh, for the foreseeable future we're doing I'm doing lives with women from all over the industry and all over the trades so amazing women from all over and definitely come check that out and participate and say hello I'd love I'd love to chat with you all that is wonderful because there's also you know even though it's kind of a weird time it is kind of allowing um, or inspiring these different uh, formats so we, we've been doing the show streaming live via twitch we've even had uh, I also have um, uh, alter ego named DJ tricky kid and I do these live streams and you know uh, you know we were celebrating Prince last week and did an all Prince set and just it it kind of like you know when you're when you're in the the zone of, of, of production making a show like this or like yours or like mine uh, it doesn't really sometimes allow you to, to kind of sit back and kind of rewrite or or rethink how to do something so if anything positive that's come out of that it's almost kind of united us as compared to dividing us and but that's only if if people are willing to do it uh, and so I love to hear hear that from you that you're like and we're not just gonna sit on our ass and wait for the garage to reopen we're still gonna be part uh, to do something to keep to keep us all connected uh, keep us informed and to keep us educated about about this trade absolutely yeah definitely Bogey, outstanding. Love it. Thank you so much for calling in today. Uh, we'll have to have you back maybe when season 10 uh, has a premiere. We'll have we'll do like a live watch party or we'll do something cool. All right. I'm down for that. Thank you so much for having me. And go enjoy that precious little baby. Thank you. you up really fast, so enjoy it. I, <laughs> we have a 20-month-old as well. That she, oh, my goodness. That she, so that she just, uh, they just met a couple of days ago. So, uh so, 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 so far, so good. But, uh, but thank you for saying that. I really appreciate that. Awesome. Be well. Take care. You too, darling. Cheers to you. Bye bye. Cheers. Bye bye. Hey, once again, want to thank my girl Bogey, uh, and thanks to all of our great sponsors for checking us out. Uh, again, I hope you dug Come Girl Eight. Support them. Check them out. They are. Um, like I mentioned at the top of the show, those are the girls that I fall in love with. Like, that is everything that I, I love. Uh, just those already super intelligent, super sexy, just fearless, filthy, and again, fucking awesome. So, cheers to Come Girl 8. Uh, and speaking of all those three things, fearless, filthy, and just fucking awesome, uh, and hot is as hot could ever possibly get. Uh, is my girl Taylor Momsen and The Pretty Reckless. Uh, they have a new single finally uh, out. I've been waiting a long time on this. I've played every single from every album that they've ever put out 
on this show and have been a long, long time supporter of her uh, in that band. And I can't wait for them to, I think as a matter of fact, it might be that I was actually supposed to be seeing them live like right now, like right now today, because they were coming to Dallas uh, as part of um, this big outdoor festival put on by a local radio station. I won't mention because the radio station sucks, but the pre-reckless does not. Uh, anyway, I think I was supposed to be seeing them live right now. So I guess the next.